0: welcome to retirementals a podcast that dives headfirst into the issues facing the financial sector at the intersection of investment technology and financial advice hosted by abraham Okasanya, you can expect raw honesty critical analysis and energetic interviews here is your host abraham Okasanya. hello again
1: and welcome to retirementals my guest today will be known to many of you Robin Powell is an award-winning journalist and campaigner for positive change um, on on investing and advocate for um, evidence-based investing and is the director of Ember Regis Group, which includes, you know, you guys will be familiar with um, Ember Television and and, and Regis Media in the business of providing marketing content for financial advisors. Um, And of course, uh, uh, Robin is popularly known on social media and, uh, uh, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn for winding up (laughs) asset managers. (laughs) Um, Robin, welcome to Retirementals.
2: Thank you very much. Well, I hope I don't wind people up too much. Um, I I I've learned to be a little bit more, um, shall we say, gentle and emotionally intelligent as I as I get older, uh, Abraham. So um, <laughs> I try I, I try not to get into any squabbles nowadays.
1: Oh God, I it's the it's the squabbles that I like. You know, people don't <laughs> like the truth and, and when you're a tr- truth teller, which is how I think of you, uh, oh, you, get, you get you get a lot of uh a lot of uh you know comments and challenges on Twitter which or, or LinkedIn on social media, which aren't always um, you know, always positive, but it comes, it, it comes with the territory. Anyway, um, Robin, welcome to the podcast. It's really great thank to have you.
2: you. Thank you. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, uh, as you know, Abraham, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of you and, 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 and what you've been doing uh, in, in the industry over the years.
1: So um, thank you. Uh, so so there, we want to have a wide range of uh, conversation today um uh, again focusing on we're gonna talk about your new book that's just come um that, that's just been published congratulations by the way it's it's a I've been told um you know it's a labor of love writing a book and publishing <laughs> it and putting it out there a lot of work goes into Absolutely. into that
2: doesn't it? Yeah yeah you do you certainly don't do it for the money uh Abraham <laughs> writing a book <laughs>
1: I mean, this is the thing, you know, when they, people said this to me, I, I, I published my book a couple, of, um, a couple of years ago, about three years ago now, mm. and still t- till today, I get about 150 pounds every month put into wow. my account, um, you know, from Amazon, and I went back over the last three years, and I looked at the total, right, because there was a lot um, in the early days, uh, and I looked at the total. He was well over, you know, wow. 10,000 pounds, right? So I, I'm sure yours would do much, much better than <laughs> no,
2: I don't know about that.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah, so look, before we dive into the book and we talk about the book, um, hmm. let's start off, give us a, you know, an insight into your career and the journey that led to um, you know, the work that you do in, in the profession today.
2: So, v- very briefly, I'm a journalist and, and still very much consider myself uh, as, as, a, as a journalist. Um, I um, worked in, in newspapers, albeit briefly, in radio, again briefly. Um, most of my career was actually in um, uh, broadcast uh, television um and uh you know with 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 i t v sky um b b c politics show and 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 so on and, and to be honest i didn't really have any particular interest in finance i I, I must say for many 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 years I, you know I, I religiously read the uh money section in the Sunday times and uh lost quite a lot of money following some of the tips in there <laughs> over the years um Thought I knew, and I think this actually applies to a lot of people, thought I was being canny. Thought I knew far more about investing than I actually did. Um, And, uh, you know, you you come to a stage in your uh, career as a television journalist that um, uh, you're you're competing with, with much, shall we say, much younger, much better looking people than yourself. I sort of saw the writing on the wall and, uh, and got out, um, uh, about 10 years ago now, um, and set up my own production company. And one of the first clients was a company in Birmingham called Barnet Ravenscroft Wealth Management, um, who, who asked me to um, make a documentary about investing and particularly passive investing. Um, and, um, I found that exercise fascinating. I mean, I was very sceptical, believe it or not, about passive investing. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, I I came to it um, uh, with with a completely open mind. But to be honest, Abraham was blown away by the wealth of information and and the evidence, the peer-reviewed, time-tested academic evidence that there is out there about how to invest and um, just shocked really that, that um, you know, t- most of us do completely the opposite to what the evidence actually says we should be doing. Uh, not only that, worse still, we are actively encouraged to do so by the fund management industry and alas, sadly, um, by some financial advisors and investment consultants. Um, and and that's briefly um, how I got into this, um, and I, I just find this subject so fascinating, but also so important that I now focus pretty much a hundred percent of my working life on it.
1: That's incredible, and you you came you know on my radar a couple of years ago when you released um, you know this your your, your video series. On mm. on I- index investing, yeah. Talk a little bit about that experience of going around, uh, you know, the the country, and and I, you know, and also internationally, interviewing, mm. uh, you know, academics, you mm. know, um, you know, thought leaders um, in, mm. in in mm. in the investment world. Talk mm. a little bit about how how that experience in, in the background. Um, yeah. And how you came to the limelight, um, yeah. you know, from the financial service industry.
2: Uh, point Well, of well I, I'm, I'm not sure about the limelight, but uh, yeah, I, I'm yeah hov- hovering, murking in the background somewhere still at the moment. Um, but um, yeah, a, a lot of people say, it's funny, Abraham, say, um, how have you managed to speak to all these Nobel Prize winners, all these really distinguished people in the industry, you know, Jack Bogle, um uh, David Booth and, and, and so on. And, um, to be honest, um, what I found was that it was actually remarkably easy because these people have been devoting their lives to researching uh, this subject of, 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 of investing time and asset um, management and so on. And they're actually quite, um, uh, happy when someone actually wants to find out about what they've you know been working on what, what what they've discovered um and uh you know i mean i remember just literally um guessing eugene farmer's um email address <laughs> email. at chicago <laughs> yeah. yes. and uh, uh get, getting a, a, an email back send us questions, uh, se- uh, send me questions, he said, uh, so I thought, oh, all right, then, so I <laughs> trotted out a few, few questions, uh, okay, uh, come <laughs> over, uh, and uh, actually, that that was the response I had from uh, William Sharp, for example, in, in California, um, also in California, of course, is um, uh, Harry Markowitz, um, and uh, yeah, just had some really interesting times. I mean, chatting to um, Harry over a, a coffee in his local bagel store um, and uh, chatting to, 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 to William Sharp. And he, he said, Robin, I really enjoyed this. I mean, I just wish more journalists took an interest in what we've been saying. So actually, I've, I've actually found it re- remarkably um, easy to do. Jack Bogle, what a lovely guy uh, he, he was! Uh, such an inspiration to me. Uh, went over, um, you know, a couple of times to, to interview him. Um, uh, D- D- David Booth, Charlie Ellis. These, these are really, uh, yeah, essentially, as well as being hugely bright people with you know brains the size of planets, they're actually really good. People who who genuinely want better outcomes for investors.
1: Thank you for that. That's very useful. Uh, so let's talk about your book. So again, congrats on the book. Invest your way to financial freedom. Um, and th- this book, my, my understanding is, it's meant for uh, you know people who are uh, still at the very very uh, at the early stage of, of investing. You know, so um, but. I may be wrong, so correct (laughs) me. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the book and and why you wrote it.
2: Well, first of all, um, I am am hugely grateful to Ben Carlson, who I've actually known for uh, several years. Um, First met him at a a conference uh, out in the U.S. um, a a few years ago, uh, and we sort of kept in touch. Um, He wrote a book... um, uh, largely for the, well, in t- entirely, in fact, for the, for the, for the U S market, um, particularly aimed at younger people to, to try to encourage younger people to get into good um, financial and and particularly investing habits. Um, and, uh, he, um, he was then approached by Harriman house to say the, the, the publisher, which I'm, I'm sure you know uh, of here in the UK, um, to say, you know, really like this book, you know, British investors, young Brits need to hear about this message as well. Can we produce a, a UK version? Can you think of someone to uh, work on, uh, with you on it? And um, uh, Ben uh, said to me, you know, he was, I was the first person he thought of. Um, I'm sure you would have been the, 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 the next on the list, Abraham. I, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but I was most honored. I was most honored to do it. And and so well, what I did was I've, um, um, you know what they say about the Brits and the Americans. We're a common people divided by, you know, uh, two 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 people divided by a common language. So, um, uh, and, and so a lot of a lot of the kind of language had to be sort of changed. Uh, some of the uh, sort of Americanisms needed needed changing. But but most of all, um, I wanted to focus on uh, you know the, the the specifics of investing here in the UK. Uh, the um, the various types of products that you can invest in, in the UK, and particularly the tax regime in the UK. Um, I mean, I really, maybe we'll get onto this when we actually talk, talk in more detail about the book, but I really think tax is something that people just don't think about when investing. And actually it's a, it's a really, really important um, consideration.
1: So one of, the, one of the things that caught my um, attention in the book, is mm. this concept of the investor life cycle, um, yes. you know, and you you draw an interesting contrast in the book between where Ben is in his uh, sort of financial life, mm. and and you know where you where you are. Talk to us <laughs> a little bit about <laughs> about that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, well, what what we really tried to do in this book is not complicate things uh, any more than they need to be complicated Uh, we've made it as simple as possible and one of the most simple lessons for people to learn is that time is their friend you know as our friend Jack Bogle used to say time is time is your friend impulse is your enemy Um, you know and and the great advantage i tell my my kids i've got a uh, you know 21 23 year old you know i say um you know, you've got all this time on your hand to invest you don't know what a massive advantage that gives you over the likes of me for example you know who, who has sort of much less uh, flexibility um and, and and also over professional investors who, ha- who have to make um uh, who, who, who have to, have to, have to, um, you know, uh, justify their existence all the time. They have to be right. beating the more market over very short, um, uh, timeframes and so on. So it makes it look as though, you know, they, they've, they've got skill and, and, and so on. Um, but the, the most important thing investors can do is to get started. If you're not investing today, uh, get investing and 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 a lot of people say oh robin that's a really responsible thing to say because the market might crash tomorrow and there's lots of actually lots of stories at at the moment actually quite quite scary some of them you know there's this um Evergrande situation in, 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 in China, um, uh, for example, and, and, uh, you know, there's certainly been huge speculation in the Chinese, uh, housing market, but housing markets all around the world, uh, have, have been sort of very inflated, um, over the last, uh, few few years, um, prices have been going up and, uh, particularly over the, um, uh, coronavirus, um, period. Um, So, um, uh, but what what I'm saying is, well, you know, don't worry. Just put fifty quid in today. Put hundred pounds in today, and if the market goes down fifty percent tomorrow, well, you've only lost fifty quid. And look, if you've got time on your hands, you're going to make that up in spades. In well, in no time. Um, So the sooner you start, the better, and and the more that you can put in in your twenties and indeed your 30s, you know, the less you've got to put in in your sort of 40s and 50s. And, you know, I've got to a stage now where, you know, I'm having to actually put away quite a lot of money. I mean, I, I was actually very sensible. Um, th- things went a li- little bit awry in the middle, but uh, I was very sensible as a, as a young man, uh, very responsible, putting money into my pension. And, you know, that that gave me a, a you know, brilliant head start. But but I'm now in this situation where, you know, I'm having to, you know, invest quite a lot of my income. My wife is, is exactly the same to sort of catch up, you um, to where you know I should have been if i have been doing that consistently throughout. Um, yeah, so so that that's that's the investor's life cycle, and and uh, you know the, the the earlier you can start, the more of the heavy lifting you do in the early years, the better.
1: Now, a word from our sponsor. Nikki Hitting Jones is the managing director and the chief investment officer at. Betafolio, the high-tech, low-cost, discretionary, model portfolio manager. Typical model portfolio service costs about 36 basis points. That's in addition to the funds, the platform, you know, the advice fees. Tell us a bit about Betafolio's view and approach on fees.
0: Well, I don't think anyone that knows us already, Abraham, would be surprised to hear me say that, in a nutshell, NPS fees are too high. Um, If you include the fund charges and the platform fee that you already talked about, we get close to 1%, I think, on average for a lot of retail clients. And that's before they start paying for the financial plan, which is the part of the service that will ultimately add the most value for them in their advisor relationship and experience. Um, So I mean, my view on fees and BeesFearia's view on fees is that they have a real impact on client outcomes that needs attention. Um, And that's why we're building a scalable solution with technology that will allow us to keep costs low. And I think we also should consider the impact of these fees on advisors' businesses too. Advisors need to to make a profit from, from their work. They need to have a viable business. And their cost bases have been rising because of regulation. And the, the more costs they have to pass through to their clients for overcomplicated services, in, in turn, puts pressure on the advisor's own fees and, and ultimately makes it not possible for them to, to run a, a good business. So, fees are really crucial. Um, and I'm really happy that we're in a position to be having a positive influence on the, the trends in the market.
1: Good stuff. Thank you, Nikki. I'm always fascinated by this, this argument of that, that you alluded to, this point that you alluded to, about you know, people in their twenties or thirties, even forties. I will go as far as saying even fifties, mm, mm. worrying so much mm. about um you know potential market. Um, mm. You know, a huge market correction, let's call it. Yeah. I yeah. hate that phrase, right? Because yeah. he assumed that the market was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then it corrects. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's say, a temporary decline in the capital <laughs> yeah. market, as yeah. my friend exactly. will say. You know, because yeah. I, I can understand why somebody in their 60s who's maybe approaching retirement mm. in the next five um, years might be already in retire, uh, mm. retire retirement, might be worried about, um, mm. you know, a decline in the capital market, uh, mm. which is, mm. <laughs> you know, always invariably, uh, you know, uh, by, by one or two exceptions I can think of in the last, um, you know, 200 centuries uh, sorry, mm. two, two centuries, um, um uh, a temporary thing, right? Yeah, so, so yeah. If you're in your 30s and 40s um, and, and even 50s and you're looking at, uh, you know, a 10, 20, 30 years of accumulation in front of you, yeah. shouldn't you be pining for a market Correct? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Ab- absolutely, you should. Um, and, and in fact, um, uh, you know, my, my kids just think the stock market only goes up. Because you know, <laughs> I've encouraged them to to sort of in, in invest in, in in sort of re- recent years in in uh, Vanguard life strategy funds. Um, just give a little name check to our friends at Vanguard. There, um, it's a it's pretty pretty darn good product for, for young people to be investing in. Um, and they they yeah they they think the market should be going up. They they might. Tell him not to. My son goes on there to check how much he's made. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I have to tick him off for, for uh for uh, doing that. Um and, and actually, you know, it would be better, yes, if 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 marked for them, if if markets fell. Um, you know, just as it'd be good for young people at the housing market could you know fell 10-20 percent. Um so um yeah, we we really shouldn't be worried about these things. And and look, it's it's very easy for you know a, a wizened old hack like myself to say that because I've <laughs> you know, been through all these uh, sort of crashes and corrections. I mean, I remember at university, um, you know, being university in eighty seven and hearing about you know what what a horrendous uh, decline. Uh, That was. um, And obviously the the sort of tech crash, 99, 2001 to three was was pretty horrendous as well. And of course, the global financial crisis. Um, But what we've learned from all of those things, and, and indeed all of the crashes throughout history, including 1929, you know, even if you'd invested the day before the crash you know if if you had time on your hands if if you if if you had time on your side rather if if you had a long term horizon then it really didn't matter um and fair enough don't suddenly commit a large sum to the market that that's when it can get a bit um hairy um you know and and if you're worried well just you know put put in um it's the the most basic thing investors should be doing is is is, is putting money away each month on a regular basis automatically just going out without them even thinking about it on a, on a one day each month um uh and if you you're lucky enough to come into some money um you know or a small inheritance or whatever uh then just say right i'm going to put in like 10000 this month and then 10000 next month 10000 the one after and so on um rather than just committing you know a large chunk to the to 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 the market in one go but if you're patient um you know the 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 uh, long term historical data is overwhelming if you're diversified you're patient you're disciplined you're going to be fine
1: and I almost feel like we have to qualify this because, mm-hmm. you know, what, so you're talking about this idea of time diversification, drip, feeding your money, spreading your money, um, you know, into, into mm-hmm. the market over time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like we have to, quali- uh, you know, and, and this idea that, you know, the long-term data is on your side, long-term evidence is on your side, mm-hmm. um, but I always feel like we have to qualify it that mm-hmm. what we're talking about, of course, all of this works if you are investing in a you know a, a globally diversified mm-hmm. um, you know low cost index fund, which mm-hmm. you're a big fan of, I know right mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work right if you are a picking stocks, right, mm, or mm. even entrusting your life savings mm, into mm. the hands of a, a single manager, like you know, for for lack of any other name to to to, to <laughs> drop Neil new Woodford, uh, which I had a podcast about a few a few weeks ago, Be, because then you cannot rely on mm-hmm. on data uh you know on the overall capital market to do the heavy liftings because in that regard you're moving away from that wisdom that mm. is embedded in, in the capital market
2: am i yeah.
1: am i
2: right the way i like to look at it i mean you you referred to this earlier abraham in this conversation about you know you don't like the idea of a if a of a market uh, correction, because in a sense, you know, the the market is always right, the price is always right, if you like. Um, now, you know that. But it, it, I, I I sort of agree with you on that. do um, no,
1: say I'm wrong. It's okay. I'm used to being
2: told. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way I like to look at it is, the stock market. And, and by stock market, I mean the global stock market, you know, not just the FTSE all share or whatever. The, the, the global stock market um, is an amazing supercomputer. Um, yeah. and, and it's got this data going in at literally, uh, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of times every second you know, cause that's what's happening with this high frequency algorithmic trade tra- trading and so on. you've got some firms which are trading literally, um, you know, thousands of times a second. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And every time somebody trades, um, they are expressing an opinion as to what an asset is worth, whether it's a stock or a bond or whatever else. Um, and, uh, and 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 that's just uh, a just a basic fact of the stock market. I mean, if if you know your 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 listeners and viewers want to want to read about it, you know it goes back to um, a, a paper by a French mathematician called Louis Bichellier, uh around 1900, who came up with this this this. Um, well, it's not even a theory. I mean, this this is how the stock market works. It's like. Brownian motion. You know, you you, you cannot work out um, from one day to the next whether you know the market is going to go up or whether it's going to go down. It it is just a it is just a a, a random walk.
1: It, 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 I like your analogy about a supercomputer. It, mm. It's indeed um, you know ben, ben Graham who said that. In the short term, the market is, is a voting machine. It's tying yeah. up, um, yeah. you know, which firms are popular, unpopular. But in the long run, it, it's a weighing machine, basically yeah. assessing the yeah. substance, the value um, of, of a company. I really like that. One of mm. the things that, I, you know, you touch on the book is, uh, you know, the idea of, Um, You know, diversification. You you talked about diversification of time, right? But Mm. also diversification of of investment, the asset allocation of of the investor. And I'd always wondered what we should be saying to young people. Mm. You know, on the one hand, they've got time on their hands. Mm. and not a lot of money they're going to deplete that money over time so they've got the power of time the power of time diver- you know time diversification on their end mm. But mm. Do, so so you know my natural inclination is to say just put it all in stocks I right? know. In, I find know. a globally diversified mm. index fund hundred mm. um, percent equity put it all there that's what i do i'm not that yeah. young anymore that's what i do for my kids <laughs> a little bit of uh you know small small uh you know value exposure in there right yeah. you know actually a lot for me but anyway it was, <laughs> it was <counting. laughs> just put it all in a globally diversified equity yeah. portfolio yeah but then
2: yeah.
1: the mm we know that these people you know haven't they you know they haven't got a lot of investment experience you talked about your son or your your sons who are uh, who are your children who are uh, you know they've never known um, mm. a a huge market correction mm. Um, mm. before until probably the recent one and didn't last very long mm. Um, mm. and you know there's the fear that they might be completely scared scared for life you know yeah. A, they take too much risk. I wonder what your thoughts are on this, uh, and so therefore, a more diversified portfolio. I wonder what your thoughts are on this conundrum.
2: I think the problem, Abraham, is that um, there is a lot of peer pressure on young people. They see their friends making money, um, whether it's on a, a you know, uh, uh, a, a, a penny stock, you know, one of these sort of small lottery stocks, or a, maybe it's it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or, or or something, and 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 they just assume that they're going to be able to do the same thing, um, and of course the financial media, you know, and, I, and I speak as a journalist, and I, I'm hugely respectful uh, towards journalists, but also. Um, very apologetic on behalf of the journalism industry because I, think <laughs> <laughs> I think financial journalism ha- has actually you know n- n- not done investors many favors over the years mm-hmm. by concentrating on you know the latest hot fund the latest hot stock or sector or whatever it, it that is all just completely irrelevant um you know the the the, the iron rule of the markets, to quote Bogle again, you know, is reversion to the mean. Uh, and, and because Bitcoin has done really well, um, you know, recently or over the last you know month or whatever, you know, that's only going to make it more likely that it's not going to do quite so well in the future. Uh, and, you know, I'll just take Bitcoin as an example. Um, but... but um, you know the the best thing to do, as you say, is to just diversify your risk. We, we 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 can't do anything about market risk. Markets will always go up and down. It's just the way markets are. Um, and of course, we get rewarded for that uh, for that risk uh, as as stock investors. But what you absolutely can avoid is is concentration risk and it worries me that some young people are just massively concentrated in things which you know and and if i can just express an opinion here are worth pretty much nothing in other words cryptocurrencies uh, <laughs> um you know at, or or in individual stocks which you know who, who knows what might happen uh, w- w- you know w- what calamities might uh lie in wait for a, a particular stock but if you're invested in the whole stock market you know if one stock um you know it goes belly up what's the big deal you've got you know 999 others or whatever
1: yeah and i don't know how we should be uh, you know how we should be um uh, speaking to people about this i have to be mm. honest you know because on the one hand, you know, you got all these cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, all these, you know, individual trading. I mean, we saw what happened, mm. um, you know, during the lockdown with the, um, you know, U.S. platform um, um, Robinhood, where mm. people mm. were sit- uh, reportedly, you know, obviously <laughs> seated at home during the uh, pandemic mm. and trading mm. um, you mm. know, stocks on margin, you know, on mm. credit. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. and again i wonder what your thoughts are you know there's a part of me that says well these are young people well for, mm. for these young people mm. perhaps the answer isn't to say to them don't do it right mm. it's all um <laughs> you know it's mm. all going mm. to blow up in your face right we're telling them you mm. know what is what is obvious rather we let you know when when is the right time to get all these things out of your system uh. you talked about how you started reading um, you know, for you know, stock stock tips in the in the pages of newspapers. Yeah. I walked, you know, in the in the in, in the early days. I walked into a stock brokerage firm to, <laughs> to 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 ask for a job, and you know, traded mm. stocks in the in the very very early days. You know, for, or in my university days, actually. Mm. Mm. But you know, today, uh, and then of course, along the way, people learn, right? Mm. They realize mm. that. Mm. Um, this is just, you know, foolhardy, right? Yeah. And when they have serious money, then mm. they start to to invest. Um, you know, hopefully not too late, right? Mm. So, uh, 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 my my question is, mm. should we essentially? let people get it out of their system, system. especially when they, they don't have mm. money. Of course, there is the tragic case of a young man um, oh, okay. in the US who, 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 who mm. you know took mm. his own life um, mm. as a result of this Robin Hood trading thing.
2: But mm.
1: overall, is the advice to younger people, mm. um, you know, say to them, well, look, don't do that stuff. Just put all the money in your retirement account, diversify, um, you know, single, simple equity bond portfolio. Um, mm. Or actually, should we come up with, do you have a framework that says, well, you know, your serious money, your long-term money. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, mm. You know, should your, your retirement savings should be in borrowing mm. stuff, like mm. life strategy, right, and all that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, that, that actually deliver in the long run and your play money thing, you know, that you got money to play with. Sure. Knock yourselves mm. out. It's mm. going to blow up, mm.
2: but <laughs> get it out mm-hmm. of your system. But th- this concept of people having, mon- ha- having money to play with, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm wealthy. I mean, I, I don't consider I have lots of money to play with as such. And certainly when you're a student I mean, for goodness' sake! I mean, I was I was living on baked beans. I mean, you know, at that age. I mean, I wouldn't have had any money to, to, to you gamble. You can trade. You, know?
1: you can trade on. I don't know, a hundred pound.
2: You know, these uh, yeah. days, no. Yeah. Well, you 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 can, but you know, it's it's gambling. It, it is mm. essentially gambling, and 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 I think what what we're seeing now is um, online trading really taking over as at, from sports gambling, sports betting
1: right, as, right. as a,
2: you know, accepted sort of pursuit for, for sort of young people. And um, I was shocked actually when when my, when my son was in the sixth form. You know he would say, oh, is, or Ben's bet 60 pounds on Man United winning, you know, 2-0 or whatever at the weekend. And I'd say, say how can they possibly afford that kind of money? to 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 bet on outcomes of sort of sporting events and and when you're betting on stocks you know all the known information is already in the price of of the stock so so if you think that a that a share is going to you know be better than the market or worse than the market you are you are diverging from the market view you are you are you are taking a risk you're taking a gamble and you know the chances that 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 you're you're wrong and the market's right are very (laughs) very high and and what young people are essentially doing is is they are betting uh on these stocks and cryptocurrencies and as you say um trading among young people has been very popular during the pandemic when people had time on their hands but look. we have seen an extraordinary bull run uh, in stocks since you know, the end of March or whenever it was last year. Um, you know, it was impossible not to make money. And these young people think they're geniuses. Well, they're not geniuses. They would have made even more money if they had just simply invested in a low-cost tracker fund. Um, and my worry is... That when things, you know, head south, which, you know, I'm not predicting that they will uh, anytime soon or, you know, in the future or wherever. But, you know, sooner or later, they will do. Um, And those people are going to realize, crikey, this trading business is a lot harder than (laughs) than I thought it was. And particularly with cryptocurrency. And this worries me that rather like tulips uh, or, or rather like those kind of mortgage backed derivatives, you know, that spectacularly crashed to earth in, you know, 2008 people will suddenly realize, crikey, these, these things aren't worth anything at all. Um, and you know, I've got hundreds and hundreds of pounds invested in these, um, and you know, they'll all be rushing for the exits. Um, I'm actually really quite concerned about the knock-on effects of a a crypto crash for for the stock market and indeed the global economy generally.
1: I like this, um, the analogy, you know, that you kind of alluded to earlier on, don't confuse a a bull market for brains, right? (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly.
0: Um,
1: uh, In wrapping this up, you know, I, you know, a lot of the, the listeners to to this podcast will be financial advisors mm. who generally don't um, advise young people, right, because mm. you know, mm. on, on investing, uh, you know, because they rarely have yeah. the money, uh, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah. But of course, they, their clients have children, yes. many of them are drawn into conversations about how to invest for, for clients, children, and perhaps, um, ultimately, uh, what happens to, the, to the legacy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that their clients might leave. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you think our profession should be, um, you know, what should we be doing? How should we be engaging? Should we even be engaging children of, of clients and younger people generally, um, about, about money?
2: This is a hugely important subject. I was actually talking to a financial planner in Derby actually about this only only yesterday and, and he, he has a study group of other like-minded, evidence-based financial planners around the country and they're talking about the same thing. You know, how do we make financial planning um uh, relevant and 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 helpful for for people other than those in the you know the top five percent or even the top one percent uh and and people generally are, who are 40 45 plus um and i absolutely sympathize with uh financial planner planning business owners um on the commercial point you know you've you've got to make the numbers add up you can't you can't offer a too many loss leading services if you like having said that young people today are your clients of tomorrow and so what you need to be doing is you need to be engaging with those people at an early stage and even if they're not um fee paying clients of yours you know as long as you're on their radar as people who genuinely have their interests at heart um, that will stand you in good stead for the future. Personally, I think that um, although it's perfectly possible, you know, just, just by reading, you know, this book uh, that you can do it yourself. I would still encourage even young people to, to just spend an hour, two hours, three hours with a financial planner just to talk it through, just to make sure that they're not missing a trick, um, particularly on that the, the tax issue I mentioned earlier for example. Um, uh, so what I would like to see is firms offering like a one-off service as a sort of um, let's get you started service uh, for, for young investors and then just come back to them in five years time and say, how are you getting on? Can we help you? Can we show you about cash flow modeling? Can we give you a proper, you know, holistic financial plan, for example? So I absolutely think that that, uh, advisors should be doing this. And and finally, Abraham, if I could just finish uh, by making a a little bit of a a sales plea, if you like. What I'm really hoping is that financial advisors actually buy uh, this book uh for for their clients and indeed uh, the publishers are open to you know customized versions of of the book where you know you could have a a foreword by the you know um, founder of the of the firm saying you know this is what we encourage young young investors to do because as you say you know clients who are 50 and 60 plus they have uh clients that uh, they have sorry they have children in exactly this Uh, age range who would massively benefit from reading that book
1: no fantastic stuff look uh you know we we've got a couple of copies for for this i like the idea of firms you know white labeling if you like Mm, uh, mm. whatever you want to call it Um, i've Mm. actually seen this um not particularly for your book but in in other um engagement with with firms where they you know they've on what you're talking about with with a particular book you know but i like that idea Mm. that firms can then give to their to their clients Mm. who can you know ideally you know also pass it on to 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 their children and to to the Mm. extent Mm. that you know your name um your you know as as the advisor you know Mm. is you're linked to that positive impact yeah Um, i think that's that's great you know um absolutely so if you can tell us a little bit more about how to uh, get in touch with you if if they want to do that
2: uh, yeah probably. of of course um you know i'm i'm on twitter you you may have noticed um <laughs> at robin j powell is my is my uh, twitter handle uh, i'm on, on linkedin um happy to give you my my a good old-fashioned email address, uh, uh powellrj at me.com. Powellrj at me.com. Otherwise, uh just get in touch via the the evidence-based investor, my my blog.
1: Fantastic stuff, Robin. I wanted to ask this, this would have been a great way to end the podcast, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you to talk very briefly about the evidence-based advisor because i know that after huh. uh you know a, a couple of years ago you 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 engage on this project to get more involved um yeah. you know with making financial planning uh, more accessible so i guess we can refer to you in a way as a financial planning business owner <laughs> uh, well. but tell, tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah. Um, okay. I, I, as a journalist, the last thing I expected to do was, was was to end up working with a with a with a financial planning firm, but that's exactly what I'm I'm doing. And I suppose I spent sort of seven or eight years talking about the problem, and then realizing that I actually really really wanted to be part of the solution. And so a few years ago, I got together with Rock Wealth, who absolutely brilliant financial planning firm based in Cheltenham. Um, and uh, together we have set up a a separate company evidence-based advisors uh, and uh, that uh, enables uh, people to um, uh, financial planning firms to uh, trade as as authorized representatives of rock wealth Um, and uh, we provide them with the IP uh, with with all the content that I'm largely responsible for, you know, videos, video documentaries, um, blogs, and uh, e-guides and, and and newsletters and so on. Um, and there's there's back office support. There's locum support. There's help with um, portfolio management through the excellent work that you and your colleagues are are, are, are doing at Betafolio uh, Abraham. Um, and and help with advisor technology as well um, so yeah if there are any financial uh, planning firms that would like uh, to to work with us then you know please uh, get in touch with um, uh, me about that uh, I'd be happy to put you in touch with with uh, all the right people at at, at rock wealth um, I mean th- this particularly I suppose applies to smaller firms um, uh, who are you know just really sort of setting out on the journey and also people and Abraham I hear from these people all the time um, working with firms and just saying I don't like it here I don't like my, my boys very much uh, I don't like the ethos I, I, I don't like that they that they the, and all the emphasis on sales I just want to focus on really adding proper value never mind the The BS, if you like. I just want to be honest with people about how investing really works, um, and help them to lead you know better and more fulfilled lives. So, if you want to leave your firm, you know, (laughs) life's short. You've you've got to you know you've got to do what you want to do. Why not come on board uh, with us, and and we can help you set up your own financial planning firm. We we've got firms now. five six firms around the country but we're looking to to open up in 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 more areas so again please get in touch
1: so i'm really fascinated by this and i you know i obviously because i i know a little bit about what's going on we see these firms we see some Mm. of these firms as you open up um you know because they you know you guys use our portfolio um Mm. And timeline technology uh, mm, as part mm. of the proposition, and and so the the typical uh, again is their typical approach. I want to understand a little bit about how this works. So you know, yeah. a, a financial planner who's been working within a firm and then decides to go out on their own for whatever reason because they want to be in control of their own destiny. Um, yeah. You know, they they come to you and you you offer them this platform to to launch the the service
2: we we can pretty well do you know everything for them uh, you know we we two two things we 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 need them to be really good financial planners and to very much share our values about um Uh, In investing and putting clients first, and we're also fee-only as well, or or fixed fees. So that that's a really important part of our ethos. We're also very big, by the way, on ESG. We're not pretending that ESG is massively going to outperform. I'd be very surprised if it did. But we do think that it's very important uh, that investors should be um, investing in a sustainable way, and that advisors should be encouraging them to do so. so that's really important. The other thing is they need to be entrepreneurs, you know, they, they need to be able to set up and run their own businesses. You know, we can't do everything for them. Obviously, we will help them. Um, and and you know, so so that's what we're looking for, you know, talented entrepreneurial financial planners.
1: Good stuff. Robin Powell, thank you very much for your time, for your wisdom. Uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation, our conversation today. And yeah, to all of our listeners, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Invest Your Way to Financial Freedom is is the book. And of course, you can find it on um, Amazon and where all or you know where where good books are <laughs> sold yeah, yeah
2: exactly yeah. exactly and it's also available uh, on the Harriman house uh, website as well so and there's a kindle version too so uh, in fact uh, Harriman 2 uh, have a system where you know if you buy the physical book you get the you get the digital one free anyway so so that's uh, that, that's worth having
1: good stuff Thank you for your time, Robbie. Enjoyed our conversation. Take care. And you,
2: Abraham. It's been a pleasure.
1: I'll be remiss if I don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together, led by my producer, Hannah Dickinson. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Timeline App, the retirement planning software, and Betfolio, the high-tech, low-cost, flat-fee model portfolio manager. And you, our listeners, thank you for your time. I hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it. You can find more about the show at retirementals.com co.uk and you can follow me on twitter my handle is abraham on money until next time thank you and goodbye